The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You are now locked in to the latest edition of the Hey! It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Presented by RotoFanatic.com. Check out RotoFanatic.com right now and keep up on all the latest happenings in fantasy baseball with a lot of depth, perspective, and analysis. It's episode 109. We got big news here on the Palazzo Pod tonight. That's right. You've been pining for him. You've been wondering, how did he get through it all? What happened in the basement? What's the latest with the massage business? Well, we can fill you in on all of that today as our old pal, Christopher Deary, has returned to the show after his basement seclusion. Join your host, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier as they take a look at the first half. Who were the big catches of the day all season long? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some people who let you down on the baseball diamond. And we'll get you ready for a wonderful All-Star Weekend as we roll on into the second half of 2021. From opening day to the All-Star break to the World Series, the Palazzo Podcast has you covered with everything you need to know while bringing you the laughs you've come to enjoy. We know sometimes this pod can be a shit show of chaos, but we are very grateful that you guys stick with us every week. Take it away, boy! He's trying to connect. Deary's trying to connect. Deary's trying to connect. He's trying to connect. Hi, my name is Michael Govier. Welcome to the Hans Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast presented by rotofanatic.com. That's not surprising at all. You love it. We got all kinds of fun content today. We're going to have a great time. Deary is back. He's just having some connection issues. So stand by for that. As soon as those get cleared up, we're going to have a party. It's going to be a great time. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Two L's, two Z's. Utah, give me two.
And of course, sub the YouTube channel. Would you sub the YouTube channel? Would you tell your friends? Would you tell your loved ones? Tell your dogs. YouTube. Palazzo Podcast. Two L's. Two Z. Utah. Please. Give me two. Go Tigers. No, this is about Palazzo Podcast, not about the Tigers. Tell everybody. Spread the word. Do us a favor. We have a great time here. We have fun. We connect with you guys. And I know that somebody somewhere learned something. So share the YouTube channel. Share the YouTube channel. Share the YouTube channel. Go to rotofanatic.com and check out our great content. It's always there. It's always available. It's real simple. We also have a fellow podcast that has created a change. Rotofanatic podcast. Turn to please welcome brand new co-host Brian Seymour. That's right. Matt Williams and Brian Seymour have joined forces on the Turn 2 Podcast. Make sure you follow it, check it out, sub it, do everything that needs to be done. Brian's a great guy. Matt knows his stuff inside and out. It's going to be a stellar, stellar union. I have high expectations. And, of course, me and Deary bring you this show on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. Now, I want to talk about something here, and I know this is going to upset some of you. My Sunday schedule has hit a bit of a snag. Yeah, I uh, I don't know if I'll be able to do the 7 o'clock show anymore on Sundays. Yeah, shit can happen, and it has happened, and I'm really bummed about it because I love doing that Sunday Fab show. It's really become my favorite show or episode that we do in particular because we have a, what do we got, a crew of regulars. It's like a bar, you know? We got the same regulars who show up for every show. We all talk. We engage. They offer information, their own opinions and advice, and I challenge them back, and they challenge me back, and I love it. I really do. But I don't know how I'm going to be able to make 7 o'clock anymore, so I'm open to suggestions here, guys. I want to be for you. I want to be there for you on Sundays because we got fab and waiver wire pickups and streamers and the week that is to come that needs to be discussed. So if you have any ideas, uh, you know, if something's hitting the old noggin that you think is going to be useful for that uh, change, a new idea, please let me know. You know what? I have an idea. Jerk off party. No, let's nope. do this. No, nope. I like where this is going. Okay, put it away. No, nope. no, that is not the idea I was looking for. Uh, I don't think it's going to help us in this situation, but you know, it can be useful depending on what you got going on. I will admit that. So we're waiting on Deary here. Uh, he's got computer problems. Not really sure what's going down, so I apologize for the slight delay here. But we wanted to get him back on the show because he's been working on his basement after the great flood a couple of years ago. Just kidding, it was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> we seem to have a lot of floods in the Metro Detroit area more often. Why is that? I don't know. Brock, what's up, my man? Did you guys catch Brock's episode last week? Brock, this monster was on this very show, and we had a lot of fun talking music. Show. We talked about life. Baseball, of course. So if you like that kind of shit, then you should go check out the Brock episode anytime you want. All of them available anytime on the YouTube channel. Anytime. We're here for you. We talk baseball. We have a few laughs. I give. I try to give you whatever you want. So what do you want? Tell me what it is, and I will try to give it to you. But I will never sell out. This show will maintain its integrity. It's immense integrity. I promise you that. I don't know how much integrity we really have. You know, it's funny to think about. Uh, the word on the basement, Brock, uh, is it should be better. Uh, this is not a basement issue he's having right now. The basement should be improved. Better days ahead. The restoration complete, hopefully. And I wish him well. I would love to have Deary right now talking about it himself. That would be fun. And maybe that'll happen at some point. So we're not going to rule that out. 
But this is the Hanson Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and we're coming up on the ASB, the All-Star break, folks. That's right. You guys excited for the big game at Coors? going to be a lot of fun. Home run derby. Shohei Otani is going to pitch and hit, which is very unique in baseball history and so cool. Shohei Otani is so damn smooth. I fucking love that guy. That guy's the best, and he makes me want to just actually have faith and hope that baseball is in good hands and the future is bright. When I see him hit more than pitch, I just love watching him hit. I love watching him run. He can steal bags for his size. He's so quick. It's really impressive. So I really hope that you got a piece of Shohei Otani this year because everybody deserves to have a good time when Shohei Otani is up to bat. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. That's not what happens when Shohei comes into bat. Yeah, Brock, I'm glad it's all cleared up, too. Thank you very much. On today's show, we're just going to talk about the first half that was. Uh, we'll get some updates on what's going on in baseball today, but we just want to kind of take a look and say, hey, this is what we saw. This is what happened. And then on Friday, Friday, we're going to have Ryan Venaccio on the show. Damn! Yeah, you're damn right. That's real cool shit. He's going to be on Friday night, and we're going to talk about where we are. You know, all-star break, a little bit of second-half preview from there. So that'll be the next show, not this show. No second half talk all that much. We're talking about this week, what we've seen so far this season. That'll be focus here. So if you're looking for a focus beyond that, well, uh, then I've failed you. And I understand if you never want to talk to us again. I think that's reasonable. Uh, However, what's not reasonable is all of the fear that we had. Think about the fear. Some of the players we were worried about in the first half and how things turned out. Because Shohei Otani, there was a lot of fear around him, and he turned into a legend. But then other players, like, oh, J.D. Martinez is another guy. There was a lot of fear around him. He's played pretty damn well for the most part. So we'll talk about some of that, and we'll focus in on what to expect going forward on the next show with Ryan. Follow Ryan on Twitter at V-E-N underscore baseball, Ben underscore baseball, and he rocks. I mean, he kicks fucking ass on the drums, too. He is a fucking outstanding drummer. I'm swearing a lot tonight. I'm, I'm just feeling the passion, guys. What can I tell you? I, I feel it. When Ryan plays drums, if you are a drummer yourself or if you're into music, you know what I'm talking about. That passion takes over, and it just it fills you up. And speaking of music and passion, I was on Al Melchior's You, Me, and an album. Have you heard it? I want you guys to follow this show. It's about a album essentially for each episode so al missed a lot of music because he was really busy with life so he's trying to catch up and the best way to do that is to have people recommend albums for him to listen to so i did keep it like a secret from built to spill a 1999 album that is a classic among indie folk the indie rock world and al had never heard it before so he listened to it for a few times a couple days prior to us recording then we sat down we knocked out the episode and what you have is the end result. And I really had a great time doing it. I think it's a fun idea. If you're looking for new music or you want to engage deeper on music you're aware of, you want to get other people's takes on it, this is a show for you. You, me, and an album. Please follow it on Twitter and then sub it, uh, follow it, subscribe to it, whatever they ask you to do on your favorite podcast platform because you won't regret it. It's going to be a great time. I'm telling you, it's going to be fucking fantastic. And Al is so cool, man. I love talking to Al. He's also honest, too. He won't lie. He's going to tell it like it is. So if things don't go as planned, that's what makes the episode even more enjoyable. But if you're looking for new music, 
And I know albums are kind of going the way of the dodo bird. You know, everything's about playlists now. And I, I understand that. I love making a sweet playlist. Don't you? I know Brock does. And there's a lot of you out there probably made a bunch of great playlists over the years. Big CDs, shit like that. Maybe back in the aughts. But an album still has its place. And when you can find one from beginning to end that just, you can't find a bad track on the whole thing, that, that is not easy to do. So that's why I recommend to everybody, you, me, and an album. And that's it. That's my little commentary on that. And I hope you guys really take that to heart. Get into that show. He's got 30 episodes, so check it out. Uh, okay, I think I covered all the basics there. And I'm excited for life. So with no Deary still, I assume everything's falling apart and this show is falling apart. Because we were also supposed to have a guest tonight. Uh, I won't name him because he'll feel bad, but he's going to come on the show again real soon. So I'll keep it at that for now. Just know we did have a guest plan. Things don't go our way all the time. And, you know, as we like to say on this show, it certainly can. Uh, in the meantime, I want to thank Deary for being a real trooper with his basement crisis and not being here because he couldn't be here. And he didn't want to not be here. He just had real life shit going on. And I can commend him for doing that type of work. Deary growing up wasn't always like the most handy dude around. So he's really come a long way. You know, as a homeowner now and he's taking care of the house and shit. It's kind of really impressive. So kudos to you, Deary. And I don't know if you can hear me or not because you're not here. The show is dying as we speak right now. The Great Spin Rate Panic of 2021! That's right. Okay, so <laughs> having said that, uh, I want to say uh, thank you to those of you who have connected with the show. You know how much that means to us. We love getting your follows. We love connecting with you on another level beyond just baseball talk. Baseball talk's great, too. But when you follow us and you tell us about your lives and we get to know you, Brian K. Rodgman, um, people I've talked to off screen like that, it's really cool. I found out Brian's son has his own world, and then I learned about that, and I've checked his work out. It's so damn cool. I love that kind of shit. It makes my day. Well, you shouldn't be surprised. Don't be surprised by that. Also, go Tigers. Tigers are a lot of fun right now. My Tigers have had ups and downs over the years, but as Marty Tallman pointed out on baseball Twitter today, shout out to Marty, by the way. I love Marty. Don't I? I knew I loved Marty. Oh my God, look at this, folks. We found him. I'm here. I've arrived. Is that you? That's me. Deary, is that you? That's me. <laughs> How'd you get here? Where you, you been? Me? You miss me? <laughs> yeah, we really missed you. I'm back. Up here all alone, man. <laughs> oh, you started. You're 11 minutes in. All right. You're good. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, eh, it wasn't that fun, though. It was kind of bland. I feel like. We've been waiting for you, man. So people have been wondering where you've been, how things are going. They want to know how the basement is, too. Seriously, people are asking about this. What's that basement update? <laughs> so I am down here in the basement, which is like breaking news. I had moved everything to the guest room, and uh, oh. my wife's brother moved in with us uh, for the summer, and he was down in the oh, basement. Really? And then we had the great storm of 2021, the summer of 2021, that flooded our basement again. So mm -hmm. second flooding since we've lived here almost three years now, and... We had to rip all the rest of the carpet out, and that was like a four-day restoration. It was absolutely terrible. We had to sanitize everything, rip all the carpet out, throw it out on the front porch for the 
Ann Arbor to pick up, and uh, I'm back in the basement now. So Matt had to move upstairs to the guest room. So uh, I've missed everybody. It's good to see. Good to see you again, Mike. Yeah, it's great to see you, buddy. Uh, we missed you here too. Uh, I'm glad that you had help. Obviously, Matt uh, helped you with all uh, that work, right? I did it all myself. What? Yeah, I, 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 come on now. <laughs> no, I mean that's what. Come on, dude. That's. I expect more. I mean, I can't believe I did you did it all yourself, my, first off. No, I did it all on my own. It was it was pretty crazy, though. We come, we come home. We have a wedding on Saturday. We come home Friday night from going out with a bunch of people from the wedding. And I immediately was thinking, oh, my God, our basement is probably flooding because we had just these terrible storms going on. And everything was fine. I come home Friday night. I'm like, this is great. Everything's okay. And then about midnight, he comes upstairs, Christina's brother, Matt. And he's like, uh, yeah, we got massive flooding going on in the basement. Five and a half inches of water. There's nothing we could do. I'm like, what are we going to fucking do? This is absolutely terrible. So that ruined my life for about two weeks. But I'm with the community, the Palazzo Pod, and I'm excited to be back for sure. It's great to have you back, buddy. Uh, you know, we're supposed absolutely. to have a guest on tonight. I was saying he couldn't make it. So, you know, that's how it goes. We do our best. Uh, there's been some changes since it's been gone. Um, I retired the Belvedere music, by the way. Belvedere has been retired. That's okay. That's it was okay. a great run. Yeah. Great run. And I... Uh, I replaced it with uh, oh, yeah. something more modern. Okay, okay, okay. You replaced it. Well, not everybody was digging the Belvedere. I mean, if you're above 35, you're digging the Belvedere. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, Yancey says, uh, hate to hear that, dearie. Beloved. Hey, <laughs> hate to hear that, dearie, beloved. Thinking of you and hoping you're doing better. Isn't that nice? What a nice guy. Thanks, Yancey. Thanks, Yance. Uh Life goes on. I am still in good spirits, and I'm excited to be back on the pod. Talk some fucking baseball. Oh, yeah. God damn, it's been too long. Girl. Whatever, motherfucker! That's right. I mean, dearie's been through a lot, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I just said the door to the day. That's a new uh, another edition we have. Secret word. Everything is... <laughs> <laughs> it's like a peewee's playhouse Whenever secret the, word yeah. of the day and everyone goes nuts when you say the word <laughs> yeah dearie every time i say the secret word of the day yeah this, these people from peewee's peewee says something it's very old but uh it's a classic gag that's a great gag for sure yancey says this too shall pass it always will yancey i know what you're trying to say yeah yeah dearie's got a good attitude about stuff he, he's always able to bounce is back or through stuff. So I'll give him credit. Dear, I just mentioned uh, Ryan Venancia will be on the show Friday, so we know that for sure. Sounds good. That'll be the that'll be the looking ahead to the second half. On this show, we're gonna look back at the first half, and this week we're taking a look at what's going on right now. So second half next show. That sounds and, awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, and uh I also work doing our business here, of course. Uh, it's business time. Hey, it's Rico Blotto, a fantasy baseball podcast. And I um, I also have a problem with the, the Fab Show. I can't do it anymore, seven on Sunday. So I've been taking suggestions here. Anybody who has something to offer? Because uh, I don't know what to do now. Because we really developed, uh, I know you missed a lot of them. We, we had a, a lot of the same people showing up for that show. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. People were excited about that show. And I started getting really, really excited about it. And then my schedule just destroyed me. So I apologize to the Plaza Podcast community about my absence these last few weeks. No, that's okay. They understand. But more importantly, I just don't know. I want them to take care of our people. And I don't know how we're going to do that now. So. Because I, I playing softball, if you really must know, I play softball now, and the games are in 6.30 to, like, 8 o'clock, 8.30. I just don't know if I can uh, be there. So if you guys have any ideas, please let us know. And speaking of ideas, 
Last call on trophy ideas. This is the last week, guys. We're shutting it down because we got to make the trophy, but we're kind of wrapping it up over this last final week. We'll take it through the All-Star game, I suppose, but when the second half starts, all bids are final, and that's it. We're done. Yeah, it's going to take a few weeks to uh, construct it. I contacted my trophy guy. I haven't heard back yet. I contacted him earlier this week. Uh, Hopefully he's just super busy. They are still open, which is good, which which I was afraid of is maybe they closed down during COVID. He just hasn't gotten back to me yet. But I have a trophy guy out here in Ann Arbor. Okay, that's good. That's good to hear. I'll tell you what, Deary, it's great to have you back. Let's talk about uh, some of the new followers we have. We got Bretsky. Thanks, Bretsky, for following us at Bretsky Ball. Mike, I'm loving this new song, man. I just want to dance. This is great. And you tell me you want some more. Well, uh, love Flight of the Concord. I'm not surprised. <laughs> but I am not sleeping. We're up. So we're getting more modern bit by bit. We were with Belvedere in the 80s. Now we're up to the aughts. It's 2007, 2008. Okay. We, we're getting... we, skipped, we skipped the 90s, which is like our bread and butter right there. Yeah, but we live the aughts too. You know, that's very important. I don't remember most of the, the aughts. I really what? don't. Come on. I don't, man. Anyway, it happened. Uh, shout out to CS Locks. Thanks for following us, my friend. CS Locks in the his house. Wonderful to have you aboard. You guys can follow us at Palazzo Podcast. Two L's and two Z's. Utah, give me two. There you go. So more followers. Make sure you sub the damn YouTube channel. I'm shoving it down your throats. We have a good show here, and we're we're totally capable of doing what anybody else is doing out there. We really believe that. So. We need you to spread the word. Let's get these subs up. Let's crank the numbers. I'm pleading to you to tell your friends. And just take a moment. Click the button. Click the dinghy. Like our show on the individual videos that you watch, like this one. And that's it. Thank you. That's all you got to do. It's so easy. Everybody's on YouTube all day anyways. Like, come on. Run out over to Plaza and just hit that, hit that little ding button. Follow it's us. hard to believe. Yeah. That is amazing. I'll tell you what. No, wow, you have a ton of new drops. This is exciting. I feel like I haven't seen you in seven years. Yeah, did you watch my uh, most recent uh, song? <laughs> so good, man. Crowded House. Yep. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I really like that one. I thought it was a big hit. Uh, very tender. It is very tender. Tender but moments. It's funny. You know, I, I, Manfred's wall between it's us. Good. It just fits good. so perfectly. So Manfred fucking us. And you can watch that video on the YouTube channel under the playlist called Songs, where all the dumb songs are. So. That's fun, too. Uh, all right. Let's get into leading off, dearie. What do you say? You ready? Let's roll. All right. And leading off, we always give you the catch of the day. Good. Our first catch of the day. So today, who is the player for the first half, Deary? That's what we're doing here. So oh, Wow. Who's the catch of the first half? I mean, it's probably Shohei Otani because there's just no way to deny that. But you could yeah. go in a different direction if you want to. Oh, man. That's really difficult. I mean, it, it's hard to argue Shohei Otani. He's got to be the front leader for the MVP in the American League. I don't think anyone expected 31 home runs, 68 RBIs, 276 batting average, 61. Oh, he hit another He's one today. He's at 32, by the way. Unbelievable. And he, he broke, broke the Japanese. Yeah, he, he broke, broke record. Matsui's record for a full season. That's just unbelievable. And and yes, he had a rough start against the Yankees the other day, but he's been serviceable on the mound. He's been good enough. Um, 
I got got, seven rounds. That sucked. Yeah, I didn't even make it out of the first. I still have them. I didn't actually just totally did not understand what was going on. And I just didn't start him the other day. I I don't know if I was late to the late to the game or something was wrong with my app, but I didn't start him in the league. I do have him as a pitcher, and I'm actually glad I didn't. I mean, there's a few other guys you could probably shout out. You you look at a guy like Marcus. Look at a guy like Marcus Simeon, second baseman, shortstop eligibility. This guy was, you know, generally preseason rank anywhere from like 120 to 140. 21 home runs, 54 RBIs, 282 batting average. Got some swipes with 10 stolen bases, 64 runs. It was funny going into the season. I had a couple people, you know, hit me up saying, you know, is Marcus Simeon someone that I want to keep? You know, he had a down season last year. And I'm like, yeah, he's absolutely someone you want to keep. He, you know, is in that awesome Toronto lineup. He's been an absolute stud, top 10 fantasy player in many, many formats. And you look at, you know, a lot of other guys there, you know, obviously Vlad Guerrero has been unbelievable. Um, maybe we didn't expect him to be the number one fantasy player in many, many formats, but we expect him to be a very good player. So I, I think Marcus Simeon might be the biggest, you know, surprise MVP of that first half so far in fantasy. Well, there it is. Here you just set it straight and cut to the chase. Marcus Simeon, I was assuming we would talk the big hitters, and you mentioned the big dogs, Otani and Vladdy, of course. But you're right. Simeon has been amazing. He's provided power and steals. He's been a difference maker, and it's a contract year for him as well. So I really hope he cashes in whenever this you know fucking thing ends and the CBA goes to hell, which is something I mentioned in my uh, crowded house tribute. To the gunk is over. The CBA is coming. <laughs> I know it's just this impending doom that like I don't want to think about, but it's just like in the back of my head at all times. It's like when you know like you have a test on Friday for something and you're just putting it off, putting it off, and then like Friday morning comes, you're like, "Fuck, I've done nothing to study for this." That's the CBA negotiations in the off season. I don't know if it's uh, more scary than that. You know what? I have an idea. Sure. Oh, what was the idea? <laughs> Shit. I didn't hear that. So. Uh, Simeon was top three MVP candidate in 2019. So he's shown the ability to be an yeah. elite special player, and Oakland knew that. Yeah. People thought it was a fluke in 2019 because last year was garbage, but it was also the bozo year, so you can't really put a lot of stock in that short sample in the COVID season. Simeon looks to be in this prime now when it's a full season. We're seeing that in two consecutive full, full years. 20 home runs, 10 steals, hitting 282. The average isn't trash. It's everything. He's doing everything. And he scores runs because he's at the top of that lineup. A good call, Deary. I'm going to give you a full credit on that one. Yeah, I mean, it was the biggest issue of trying to evaluate what happened in 2020. You look at a guy like Jesse Winker, who had a real stud season. A lot of people didn't know how to draft him this year. You know, mm-hmm. I actually kept Brandon Nimmo over him in a 12 12- player keeper i thought about keeping winker winker's been a fucking superstar so far this season 306 average almost 20 home runs it's gonna score 100 runs probably gonna have 100 rbi unbelievable season if you're in an ops league and you have jesse winker you are reaping all the benefits of having that cincinnati red on your lineup yeah i tried to get him in my main only dynasty league truly i have keeper leagues but my only pure dynasty league Shout out to those boys over there at the uh, Dynasty Days of Summer, Gator Sosa and company. But I couldn't get him. Uh, guy went in a different direction. I thought we had a deal locked up, and then he changed on me for like an hour. Well, no, it was the next night. And I was like, damn it. What? No, come on. I'll give you, I'll give you all of my uh, 
I think I was going to trade Adley Rushman, I think. I'm going to give you all, everything that I have. Adley Rushman, okay, I have him in a dynasty. I'm waiting. Yeah, that's a huge piece, so that's value. <laughs> yeah, it and really is. This league's really weird. There's a huge disparity between first and last. I think uh, George, our pal, George Montanez, he is in first, and he has 146 points. Okay. I'm having a good season. I have 116 points, but I'm way behind him. Wow. This is Roto, of course. Okay, still. Yeah, it, it gets really weird when you get to midseason and there's such a huge disparity like that, especially in a Roto. It's it's like tough to come back from that. Like, where do I make my moves? Where do I need to catch up? But George has a massive lead right now on everybody. That's amazing. That one is long gone. Yeah, he is, Ernie. No doubt about it. You're watching and listening to the Hands Weagle Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Guess who's back? Deary is back. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> I got to work on that, uh, hitting that timer right. But it's <laughs> wonderful to have Deary back. And I'm looking forward to uh, four shows in the second half. But right now we're talking about our catch of the day, but it's for the first half because we're kind of looking back at what we've seen. I still want to talk about what's going on this week. Uh, Vidal Brujan was called up. He played today. He had an RBI single. That's very exciting for the Rays. Brujan and Franco. That's a shitload of fun in Tampa Bay. With one of the worst ballparks that ever existed. And he stole a base. Yeah, everybody. I think that's a great idea. I think right now he stole a base. We should have. A- you know what? I have an idea. Jerk off party. No, yeah. let's do this. <laughs> no, I like where this is going. Okay, put it away. I'm ready. I mean, Tampa Bay is some creamy young talent. So fun. It's so fun. Yeah. I picked him up. Says, I- hey, fellas. Thanks, God. Thank God. I don't thank know what God. The thank God is. Thank but- God. He, he, he just wants to type in some comments. Go, go for it, Brian. We love you as a supported listener of the pod. That's true, Brian. Yeah. I mean, we would never. We're going to get all your face and point out your faults. We wouldn't do that to you, Brian. We love having you here. I mentioned Brian's son before he came out. Brian's son does his own work available. Uh, it, his handle's named after Tony Snell, too, which is hilarious. Uh, big Bucks fan, obviously. Bucks, uh, Suns, finals, man. Who do you got? Oh, Suns all day, man. I mean, Giannis played last night. I didn't even realize he was in the court besides that one amazing block he had. Suns all day, man. Suns and six. Huh. Oh, you're happy. Brian's very happy that Deary's back. Yes, we're all very happy that Deary's back. Tough go in the basement. Life's hard. He's also had some weddings. He's had a lot of action, so he's been a busy guy. <laughs> yeah, I've been going ham these last few weeks, feeling like I'm 23, 24 again. But uh, it's going to be oh, back really? in the pod for sure. Oh, yeah. We went to a wedding last week. And, oh, man, it was wild. We had to wait to drive home the next day because I couldn't drive the next day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Lord. It was rough. That sounds awful. It was rough. Jesus. It was fun. It was wow. I'll tell you this. Uh, did you have uh, 4th of July? Did you guys go to the Tigers game you talked yeah, about? Yeah. Yeah. Christine and I went to the Tiger game. Go we Tigers. Went, uh, G- Giolito against Manning. And, go uh, Tigers. I was excited to go to the game because I hadn't been to a game. Both yet. of them got shelled. Brutally hot. Yeah. I didn't expect Manning to go long anyways. Yeah, uh, Giolito we, got ripped too. It sucked. We got there about the third inning. Um, stayed till the end, uh, set up in far left field, the cheapest seats you can get. The reason we got these seats is because it was so fucking hot on Sunday that we figured the higher we sat, maybe we get some wind and we did, we got some wind action. So it was nice, but it was just really cool to get back to a park and, uh, watch some baseball. So Tigers won. It was a fantastic day. Yeah. I moved on Monday. It was even hotter that day. I think I heard. Yeah. Moving your bro. Yeah, I did. It was great. The positive experience. It was a good workout. I'll tell you that. I sweat off a lot of weight. Sure. And then we did <laughs> it good. yesterday as well in Ludington. If you ever been to Ludington, it's a beautiful area, by the way, over on the west side of Michigan, right on the Great Lake Michigan, which uh, Gordon Lightfoot said is for 
sportsman. So if you're a sportsman, <laughs> you will love Lake Michigan. No doubt about it. Old Lightfoot. Uh, oh, Gord's Gold. We're talking Gord's Gold here on the Hey, it's Rico Palazzo, the Palazzo Podcast. Two L's, two. Utah. Please. Give me two. Sub our channel. Follow us on Twitter. Blah, blah, blah. I also mentioned before you came on that I did Al Melchior's You, Me, and an album. Dude, you did and Built a Spill. Fucking amazing. Yeah, did you check that out? Because I have not shows... listened to it. Yeah, I'm so yeah. fucking excited. I love Built a Spill. I don't care if you listen to the episode, but make sure you follow his show. It's a great show. It, he's Sorry. got 30 episodes. He had the guy from uh, Ned's Atomic Dustbin on the week before. So he actually has oh, music people. Ned's Atomic Dustbin. Grace L. Yeah. Green was their big song, right? Well, big song that we would know, right? <laughs> I guess that's true. I think of uh, throwing things or, well, no, what's the other one? Uh, I guess it was the only song that was ever Kill your television. any type of Kill your television. Like, alternative rock Beating radio. Kill, oh, yeah. kill, kill your television. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know that one, too. Yeah. That's why <laughs> it was on NCAA 06. Do you remember that? That was so weird. What? Remember they did that one year on NCAA football 06, the video game, where they had all this punk rock and indie rock. You remember that year? 06? I got 14 right here. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got... That's worth a lot of money. So I, I got three, my copy over there. To, I have, actually, I have, uh, I have three copies. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I have two now. Uh, uh, Jamie, I Jamie, I accidentally took one of your copies. That's my fault. One of them is mine, but I accidentally took yours. I think I owe you one. But, yeah, it was such a weird year because every what year they had... They just had the fight songs and shit. But they decided, hey, let's put on... The Clash, Train in Vain was on there. Uh, that song, Kill Your Television, was on there. No Effects was on there. Uh, it was shit. really strange. It was a weird year for... It was like that same time when MLB2K, when Bear vs. Shark, you know, people that we know were on that yeah, game yeah, the next year. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. So I guess people were branching out with uh, games trying to get like soundtracks going, you know? So it was weird. It was really weird on a college football game, but I still loved it. I thought it was a great idea, but it must well, have cost a, a shitload of money. Interesting time in music, right? Late aughts there? Well, you know, when we talk on Al's podcast, but again, it's called You, Me, and an Album. Everybody follow it. You, Me, and an Album. And that's what we talked about that. You know, Built to Spill's Keep It Like a Secret came out in 99, but I wasn't really absorbed it until 2002. I just didn't know it existed. You know, I was, I was young, so you didn't always get music yeah. right when yeah. it came out back then. I didn't probably get into Built to Spill to my early 30s. Yeah, see? Uh, Which is like, oh, how the hell did I not even know this was going on? It's so weird. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, man. It, it's just one of those things, man. It's really cool. And I really love talking to Al. Al's a great guy. He's open, direct, likes to talk music. He missed a lot of music. So what's the best way to catch up on all the shit he missed? Have people on who have, talk about their favorite albums. I mean, that is what I'm talking about. By the way, that soundtrack I mentioned, NCAA 06. Bad Religion, Atomic Gardens on there. <laughs> Lagwagon was on there? Jesus Christ. Uh, Mother Love Bone was on there. What Mother Love Bone song? This is Shangri-La. Yeah. And uh, the Mr. T Experience, which is like a... <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Super Chunk was on there. I forgot about that. Super hyper Chunk. enough. Okay. You got my hyper hyper that guy, I love about. Super Chunk, but that guy's voice can really get to you sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, just like me, I can get to people and be really annoying. So I understand that. All right, well, enough of that. Music talk is a lot of fun. We're talking first half catches, the catch. You mentioned Lucas Giolito when you went and saw the Tigers play. Go Tigers! White Sox. He's definitely not one of the first half catches because he has been a big disappointment. In my opinion, he's not been god-awful. Like, he hasn't lost his job. He's not in the bullpen. 
But you look at his numbers, you're like, dude, you're supposed to be an elite starter who was drafted in the top 15 of a mm-hmm. lot of drafts. Um, are you expecting this to level out in the second half where he kind of dominates? Or, you know, we haven't we haven't talked a, a lot about the great Ben Wright panic of 2021. You know, the gunk is out of the game now, and we're seeing changes. Yeah, it's weird. It's it, I mean, with you, you know, it depends what format you play in. I mean, if you're in a K per nine, he's, he's still striking guys out. He's got 116 Ks through 98 innings. Six and six record. I did not expect this. I, I He was my pick as the AL Cy Young Award winner, but he's kind of been a little pedestrian. I mean, who would have thought that a guy like Kevin Gaussman would be outperforming him by leaps and bounds this year? I mean, Giolito 4.20 ERA, I think that's going to continue to go down. But, like, the other day when I went and saw him pitch against the Tigers, like, Tigers were taking pitches, and he wasn't hitting the zone very well. And when he did, Mm -hmm. balls were getting hit. He did not really perform at the level that I expect him to. I think, you know, I mean, the White Sox are going to run away with this division. The division is the worst division in baseball. It's an absolute travesty. I mean, the Tigers are in third place. It's hilarious the Tigers are in third place. They're playing good ball, but, like, they're not a good team. Let's be real now. I got to believe Lucas Giolito is going to get it a little more together in the second half and have a better second half. The first half isn't terrible, but the fact you're – he was one of the top five pitchers off the board – and he's mm-hmm. not there right now. I mean, he's like 30 to 35 in terms of his pitching statistics. He hasn't been walking a ton of guys, which is which is good. His whip a little too high, so he's giving up too many hits right now. Like I said, that ERA is a little high. I expect that ERA to get closer to a 3-5, 3-6 in that second half. I expect him to get more wins in the second half. But he has not really been the stud that I expected him to be in the first half. Speaking of studs, Update on the Palazzo Invitational. Richard Sands still in first place. Dominant. Long stretch. He's got 547 points. Poplin, Andrew Poplin, who's been in second place for a while. 496. So that's a healthy lead. And our buddy, Yancey. Yancey's in third. How about that, Yancey? You've climbed up. Good for you, man. Oh, I don't, uh, I mean, we can talk about where. We are. Look, you're not going to hit in every league. I got a couple leagues I'm doing well. Razzball, I'm in second place in my division. I'm happy about that. You know, some of of my home leagues, I'm fighting, just fighting for playoff ranking. But uh, we're halfway through the season. There's plenty of time to still make moves here. So I'm excited for the second half, without a doubt. Steve Paulo still, he's in last still. Oh, I'm still ahead of him? I love you. You are. You're in 57th (laughs) right now, 57th place. I'm. In 44, I stay in the 40s. That's where I'm at. Uh, you know, that's, it doesn't change. Joel's ahead of me. Joel's in 41st. Good for Joel. Good for Joel. And our that's probably his Wayne. best league he's got going right now. I play in two other leagues with him. He's not doing so hot. Oh, really? Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, and our pal, other pal, Mike Ring, is in 37th. So that's about it for people that we knew before we did this. Okay. And next episode guest, Ryan Venancio is in 22nd place. So we'll talk to him okay. about how he got there. Good for you, well, Ryan. The top, he's in the top 30. Shaking it yeah. out. Good, good Palazzo podcast debut. Remember, the Palazzo podcast invitational has 60 overall players, individual teams with a overall title, and four different draft and hold leagues where you can win those leagues. But you won't get the trophy unless you win it all. Right now, it looks like Richard Sands is going to get that trophy, barring a second half change. And that's what we'll talk about Friday when Ryan at Ben, V-E-N underscore baseball, comes on the show Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Be here, me, Deary, and Ryan talking second half stuff, and that'll be a lot of fun. Right now, we're 
reminiscing, taking a look back at the first half, what was, you know, what we thought would happen and what didn't happen, uh, what has been really amazing. And of course, anything you want to talk about that's going on this week as we go into the All-Star break, you're more than welcome to comment. We'll take your questions here. We're live on the show for a little while longer. And we have mentioned that Bruhan came up. Um, anything else recently that has happened, dearie, that you're like, wow, that really surprised me or anything that really was of <laughs> note that you would like to talk about because you haven't been on the show in a minute? Uh, no, no, nothing that's really pressing on me right now. What about, I, okay, what about Garrett Cole? So is it clearly obvious that the gunk has fucked with him because he's gone, this is a top three pitcher. Not anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think there's, so you look at his, so when did like the gunk gate begin? When did they really start? The inspection started on June 21st. Okay, so he started on the 22nd, went seven against KC, no decisions, six strikeouts, three walks. Now before, they also announced in early June, they announced in early June that yeah. they would start inspecting. So I think he was, and other pitchers were already trying to get rid of it by early June. But we know for certain that the gunk was out by the 21st. So I, I, I wonder, and I wish I would have looked this up, of how many double-digit strikeouts he had the last two years. The last double-digit strikeout game that he had was May 12th against Tampa Bay, went eight innings, struck out 12. So if we're talking about uh, MLB starting to crack down in early June, so June 9th, he struck out nine. Since then, he struck out four, six, six, and six. But you look at his last two outings when they really started checking pitchers, he got three and a third against the Mets at a doubleheader. Mm -hmm. And then on the 27th against the Red Sox where that he got, he got a loss five innings, six strikeouts. So it's not the strikeout rate that you've expected. Oh. What I've noticed is, is, is basically when he did that interview and he was lost, I mean, you did a great parody video on it. He had no idea what was going on. He was lost in that video. He clearly felt like he was being reprimanded for being one of the many, many players in the league that use some type of substance. He got a now, what $24 million contract, man. Now, now what I've heard is, and I don't know if this is true or not, but what I have heard from a couple other analysts is that those that use the rosin and sunblock kind of combination haven't had as much of an issue with the grip as those that went full you know, gunk full spider tack, which it yeah. seems like Cole was in that, you know, kind of demographic of people that did that. I think there's a mental aspect going on with him to where he's having a hard time when he goes out on the mound. I am missing something that I usually do not put on this ball that is mentally affecting me when I'm going out and pitching. He has not had a, a good outing in the last two outings. His next yeah. outing will be Houston on, I believe, Saturday or Sunday, which is going to be a difficult matchup. Houston rakes this year. So it's going to be really interesting. A lot of people have made moves and traded him away, which, hey, if you get a good deal for him, go ahead and do it. I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he moves forward. But, like, is it over? Like, I still think he's a top – you know, echelon pitcher. He's one of those guys that is premier. I mean, it's not like his numbers are garbage. He's got eight wins, 2.91 ERA. His whip is under one. He still has 135 strikeouts at 105 innings. But yep. be cautious going forward because 
His last few outings have not been great, and I don't expect him to have a great outing at Houston again this weekend. Wow, dearie. Can you believe that? Donaldson says that he ruined the Yankees. That's what Brian thinks. Or that's what Donaldson did with his (laughs) mouth. Donaldson ruined the Yankees. No, the Yankees ruined the Yankees. Oh, yep. Aaron Boone's going to get fired. The Yankees suck. Good riddance. Also, Araldis Chapman has gone to terrible hell. Holy He's fuck. ruined. He ruined a league I had going on. He just imploded everything for me. It's bad. So I can't bad. even trade him now. Though, like, I can't get any value on him. I tried trading him last week after his second blow up. He's got like a 17 ERA in his last like three starts. He can't hit the zone. He's getting raked when he does put it in the zone. He added that sinker this year that was devastating. He was amazing his first month and a half. And I'm like, this is great. I have him in a K Pro 9 league. I can't even ship him off now because he's completely bottomed out. The fucking disaster, man. I it coincides with the gunk being gone too. I didn't assume that he didn't use it because he always threw gas, but Maybe he needed that for grip. Well, see, see, something that improved he, his grip. He's always thrown gas, but he's been ever since he was with the Reds. He was so volatile with his fastball. If he can't get a grip on that pitch, it's going to be going all over the place. And I don't know if he's the type of guy that can calm down that speed and throw at a lesser velocity and be effective. Yeah. So it could very well be that if he's not using any type of substance, I don't know if he was a guy who was. I imagine that 80 to 90% of pitchers were using something. I mean, I would be if I'm in the league and I'm looking to make some dough. But if he can't <laughs> oh, <spirit. laughs> But if he if he's gonna continue on this track, it's gonna be similar to what it was in his early days in Cincinnati, where he threw 101. But he was all over the zone. If he can't hit the zone, he is not going to be a effective closer for the Yankees. And that's going to be difficult if you have him in a fantasy league. And, and what sucks is we're two weeks out from this now, and it's people are seeing his trajectory going down so much. It's going to be hard to trade this guy because I'm actively trying to do it right now, and I can't get anyone to bite. Child, please. I don't know, man. I'm wondering if we're going to have a Rick and Keel situation here where somebody actually loses their marbles because of this hit? change. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll find out after the fact, but damn it. And this is not a case of the yips, but it's a case of, God, I got so used to my stuff. It's gone uh, mentally and physically. I've lost it completely. And we'll yeah. find out. We'll find out how this goes, but it would be even more of a case if baseball made this decision midseason. Somebody lost their career because of it. I wonder if they would sue. And if so, I think they would actually have a decent case to do so. I'm not kidding. A, a grievance could be filed. That's a, that's really, really interesting. Now, now, I would give it a couple weeks because, obviously, there's tons of ebb and flow when it comes to baseball. Guys have blow up and flow. <laughs> My least favorite, favorite Pearl Jam song. My hey, least favorite. favorite Pearl Jam song. <laughs> oh, by the way, I found out something tonight. It's going to be so cool. You know, uh brian seymour does that other music pod called what this song means to me i'm recording on monday with him you are yeah. <laughs> Yay! i was thinking of you tonight i was like i wonder if he's gonna do that show because yep, that would be yeah, perfect yeah, yeah we're recording on monday i'm excited i hope i hope that you're not doing a pearl jam song though i think it'd be cool if you didn't i'm yeah, not doing right, a pearl jam. cool i think that's cool it's a cool move yeah. because i also learned tonight that someone's doing a classic pearl jam song on the show and they recorded it tonight 
very excited about. It. I won't say who it is, but I will say that the song is off ten. So. Okay, is it released? <laughs> sure is. That's right. I walk down the aisle to my wedding with the orchest- orchestral ambiance of release. Such a great call. I can't wait till that episode comes out. By the way, Brian's show is supposed to debut, I believe, next week. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. It's going to be sweet. It's called What This Song Means to Me. Follow it on Twitter. Follow Brian. Brian is also the new co-host along with Matt Williams on the Turn 2 pod. So Brian's got a lot of stuff going on. Make sure you keep Yeah, a lot of action going on, dear. A lot of things are happening right now. And it's a busy time in the fantasy baseball world. It's a busy time on the Hey, the Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, which, of course, is presented by RoadFanatic.com. And you can follow the show on YouTube. You follow the show on Twitter. Utah, give me two. Two else, two Zs. Really simple. You know the drill. We're talking first half catches. People who've caught our eye, impressed us. We've actually talked about some people that are fucked up, and we don't really know what to expect from them right now. It's kind of a bummer, but we need to be fair to all of the news that is going on in the league. Um, who has been the best reliever in the first half? Oh, wow. Best right it, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't mention Dalton Varsho yet. How amazing he's been, Deary. Dalton Varsho has been amazing. I don't pay attention to too many things that goes on in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Dalton Varsho is not making our uh, first half all you know, the catches of the first half. He's not. But who's been the best reliever? Has it been has it been Liam Hendricks? I mean, closer-wise, saves are piling up for him. But Mark Melanson has the most saves, I believe. So, You know, I think we all missed the boat here on Melanson. Uh, especially if you drafted really, really early in specifically a lot of, like, NFBC leagues. If you're drafting in, you know, January, February, early March, Melanson really wasn't a guy who was going early. Like people are expecting maybe Pomeranz was going to get that job, Pagan, and both those guys have been good out of the bullpen as like guys that can give you holds. But Mark Melanson's got 26 saves. Like, why did we miss the boat on this? This is a guy he who wasn't was... signed though. What day did he sign? That's what I'd like to know. I'll look that up. You can keep talking about Melanson. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, Melanson was a guy I think we just kind of missed the boat. And I I, I believe when I was drafting maybe one of my NFBC leagues, he had signed. But I feel like a lot of people are like, okay, this is, you know, more of a signing where he's going to help bolster that bullpen. Pomeranz yeah, they was also really had good a million... last year. Yeah. Pagan was really good last year. You know, they, they got a guy Kila, like Austin Kila, Adams. Kila. They, Sign Kiona Kila. The interesting part about Molanson, so this guy, he's got 26 saves. And obviously, the Padres are having a great season. They're competing in this insane NL West with that three-team horse you got out there. So he's got 26 saves. He only has 30 strikeouts in 36 innings. Like, this is not very good. He's got a whip of 1.17. So I feel like he's gotten a little bit of luck. He, he he maybe lets guys get on base through a hit or a walk and then get some double plays and gets out of some jams. So are you insane? But, but to look at that factor and that metric of him having 26 saves is incredible. The guy's going to end up with over 40 saves, you know, closer to possibly 50 the way the Padres are playing. So so great if you got Melanson. He probably wasn't when you drafted, whether you drafted early or even when you drafted late, he wasn't a top five closer going. 
but you look at some of the other clothes and Liam Hendricks uh, off to a really, really rough start at the start of the year, but he's gotten it together. He's got 22 saves. He's only walked four guys in 37 innings. So he's been absolutely incredible out of that pen. Craig Kimbrell, which you and I both liked during the start of the season. Uh, we said he could be a trade chip if the Cubs don't, don't do well. He's been incredible. ERA. Oh, by the way, Melanson signed February 18th. So it was that's still early. early in, yeah. Yeah. It was early. still early. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, back to Craig Kimbrell, I mean, he's been incredible. 53 strikeouts in 30 innings, uh, whip and ERA, just a smudgeon above .50, so he's been incredible. And a even smudgeon? a guy like – and even a smidgen, smidgen. <laughs> and oh, then uh, – His buddies in the bullpen have fucking failed him recently. The Cubs bullpen has been all-time atrocious during the epic losing streak. 11 straight losses. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting when we get to this deadline here. Uh, it it's funny because we've we've talked about the Brewers a ton and how that offense is just like it's hit or miss. They have one of the worst averages in the league, but over the last two weeks they've been incredible. They really know Craig Council really knows how to piece together that excellent starting staff with a solid mm-hmm. bullpen, and they they just get timely hits. Yeah. But, you know, back back to some of these closers, there's two guys that really stand out to me that I did not see having good seasons and I avoided, and that's Matt Barnes and Alex Reyes. Both these guys have been wow. really, really good. Matt Barnes, we talked about in the past, like he's his biggest issue is walking guys. He's got 10 walks in 37 innings. I will take that all day. You want me to change? Strikeouts. Fuck you! He has the most strikeouts of any closer, ERA of .86, 19 saves, and the Red Sox have been on fire. I totally missed the boat on the Red Sox this year. I said so it was he did be change. A, I said it was going to be a down year, and Matt Barnes changed. Because he walked people like a madman. Well, that was he, always the thing. Yeah, that's what Alex Reyes is doing right now. I mean, Alex Reyes has 20 saves. He's got a 1.52 ERA. It's amazing that he's still doing this because he's got a 1.31 whip with 32 walks, but somehow he still seems to close the door. Yeah, Matt Barnes is 2.43 walks per nine. Career norm of 4.06. That's huge. That's everything, right? Oh, it sure it sure is. And I I I, I was out on him this year. I saw him more as a setup guy. I liked him in holds leagues because I like that strikeout factor, which is what he's doing this year. But he's he's been yeah. able to get the control and he's not walking guys like he did in the past. And we've been ripping on him on the show. Uh even our pal, friend of the show, Steve Guile, sent in a long, intense, well thought out text about Barnes and his walk chaos and how he's gonna blow it. Nothing had changed in his profile. But yet he's still getting the job done. But what has changed is the walk chain. And the K's are even up higher than the career norm. 15 mm-hmm. K's for nine. And the, the LOB is not even that crazy. It's at 75%. So okay. not like it's not like he's getting super lucky there with leaving men on base. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we'll see if this is a one-off because this is definitely the anomaly of his entire career. <laughs> and he is a 31 years old, Deary. But Alex Reyes has been living a lot more on the edge and... I think uh, there's a lot of you out there. If you're in trade leagues, probably have traded Reyes because you knew that eventually this just couldn't last anymore because of all the walks, the ridiculous 6.97 walks per nine. It's insane, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kenley Jansen's another guy you need to be a little worried about because he's he has 21 strikeouts, or he has 40 strikeouts, but he has 21 walks. Hmm, that's surprising. But it's more surprising that what's more surprising that Alex Reyes has 20 saves 
or that Dalton Varsho has not played seven straight games ever. Alex Reyes. Alex Reyes. I think it's yeah. Alex Reyes. I, I wasn't yeah. a big Varsho guy. Because Varsho, we hadn't we seen him prove anything. I, I mean, the, the big intrigue with Varsho has been the eligibility at several positions, considering you could throw him in at catcher, but he plays outfield the majority of the time. Well, he could steal bases. That was the other thing. Hey, if I can have a catcher steal bags, that's great. You know? what, did you, what did you have, a few drinks this morning? Yeah, well. Huh? I, I, I think you did, didn't you? Yeah, so what? I'm a fool. It's a plausible podcast. We're talking first half catches. We're just kind of ramping it up, talking about what we've seen so far. And I could play a whole bunch of clips, and maybe I'll do this on the next show, of all the comments we've made that haven't come true or that have come true. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've done a bunch of shows. We did the, you broke down the whole Shine to Red the Pine and how those all fared, and it was mm-hmm. interesting to see all that. It really was. It was great stuff. But, uh We need to take a look at what we've said in season because right now we can have some truth and discover it, even though we're at the halfway point. Not over yet. Brock says uh, people overlooked the fact that Adovino was his competition and he has the same walk rate last two years. People overlooked that? Hmm. What do you think, Deary? Well, I mean, when when Adovino got signed by the by the Red Sox, he came over from the Yankees. I think a lot traded. of people that was a weird trade. Yeah, right? a lot of people. Yeah, in division trade to like your biggest rival, right? Uh, and yes. a lot of people saw that and be like, okay, Barnes was not that great last year. Adovino is a guy with similar stuff that's going to strike people out. So people kind of thought that Adovino was going to supplant Barnes, but Barnes has held on to that job all year long. All year long, all year. Uh, look, who would you draft number one next year? Number one, like what overall, like all yes. players? Yeah, boy, that's a quick, uh, it's a quick change. Um, <laughs> it's a quick change. I'm, just, I think it's what we've seen so far and how it'll impact what we're gonna do next I'm year. Pr- I'm a long pr- way off. Of I'm course. probably still drafting Acuna number one. Damn! Not, and it, it, I mean, it's not a hot take. I mean, he's been a top five player. He's going to hit 40 home runs, going to have 100 runs, probably 100 and, or 120 runs, 100 RBIs, and steal 30 bases at 275, get close to 100 walks. After it, what it, you've seen from Tatis, though? It's going to be a, it's going to be Acuna. Yeah, and Tatis I mean, has been hurt, supposedly, and had a few less at-bats. He's got more homers. He's got way more. Well, no, sorry. I was looking somewhere. He's got a couple more steals. And yeah, they're pretty even, I guess, stat wise. He's got he's got thirty less at bats. Um, strikeouts are similar. Tatis is batting three hundred. He has twenty seven home runs, which which is incredible. And that lineup helps him out, so he's going to, you know, score a ton of runs. I mean, it's all going to be about how you want to construct your team. I I go Acuna just because he's 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 my guy. He's the guy that like I know I can depend on. But it's not like you're gonna go. It, and I think we're getting to a point. And this is really, really fun where you have five or six guys in the conversation who could be number one overall. I mean, I was too early. I admit that right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't throw Mike Trout out of it. I mean, Vlad Guerrero is having an an amazing season right now. Mike Trout, no way he goes number one anymore. The party's over. But it... He probably doesn't go number one, but he could still. I mean, okay, you say party's over, but it doesn't mean he can't be a top five fantasy player when healthy. 
No, that's a fair point, but he's he's done being number one, man. And people are off him, and he's the injuries are piling up, it seems like. And this calf injury has gone way longer than a lot of people probably thought it would. Plus, with Shohei Otani doing what he's doing, it seemed like a great year for Trout to join in on this party and take the Angels to another level. That hasn't happened either, so that's not his fault necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Sucks. Where do I mean? Where do you? I know it's so early, and we're only one half in here. But where would you see Otani as a hitter hitter going next year? I mean, th- this could be the value could be like through the roof next year. Yeah, it's, it's already top five for sure, and he's borderline borderline top two. Unbelievable, borderline. only because. The average is a little less than what you can get from some of the other guys, but not much. He's stealing bags and he's crushing bombs and yeah. it's plays. A, yeah, the average in the strikeouts is probably what's going to take him out of being like a top three guy. But sure, if he's going to score 100 runs and 120 RBIs and steal 25 bags with shit, 45 to 50 bombs, unbelievable. By the way, uh, now, this is according to Yahoo rankings in my home league, which is an OBP league, but it's a head-to-head categories league, 5 by 5 with OBP replacing average. Marcus Simeon's the eighth-ranked player currently right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. That's, he's right up there with Acuna and all these guys. He doesn't have the flashiness of some of them, but the numbers are matching in terms of steals, power. That's speed and power and run scored, baby. That's, he's as good as anybody else. So Raphael Devers had a great season. He's taken it. He's obviously shown that he's here for the long haul mm-hmm. any doubt that he was not the guy we saw in 2019 is dead so that's obvious and yeah it, it helps that the red sox have had such a good season everything else everyone else around i can't him believe that great. yeah you're right you mentioned that earlier i wanted to go back to that they're 20 at least yesterday when i looked at the standings they were 21 games over 500 like what how did they get that far ahead now yeah and they're gonna get chris sale back in mid-august Fucking bonkers, man. Last year, people shit on Devers because, well, it was the bozo season, so that's fine. That's going to happen. But he didn't show the same average, necessarily. He showed some power, but I don't think this is a guy who's going to hit 311 like he did in 2019. I think that was a little high. That's not his style, based Mm -hmm. on what he the output we see from him and the fly ball, the home run rate, the line drive rate, and all that stuff. I feel like he's a guy who'll give you a solid average, but not like batting champ that's just not how i see him but that's fine because this is a guy who's gonna hit close to 300 provide a shitload of power rbis runs could steal a couple bags and you know the walk rate went up a little bit this year it's at eight percent right now i like that uh if he could build on that and crack double digits that would help me and the other key thing though one thing that does cause me concern but maybe in today's game it doesn't matter dear he's got a 24 percent k rate uh, he had a last full season. It was 17. So he's way above that right now, but it doesn't matter. I think in this day and age, we were talking about, uh, fucking Keston Hura. He surviving with a 30% K rate. So a 23% K rates amateur hour, right? Yeah. I feel like we're getting to a point where like, you're going to look at a 20% K rate and it's not going to matter to you. If all the other things check out in terms of 25 to 30 home runs, hundred RBIs, 100 runs and a guy can still bat 300 but strike out that many times it's insane what's devers babbit right now oh good old raffy devers has a bad bit oh, 329 yeah. a career Solid. of 323 so he's right on schedule Solid. yeah no flukes there if anything he could probably tack that up a little bit uh your interesting point here though guy we haven't talked about brian k rodgman one of our show legends hall of fame 
Hall of Fame Palazzo community crew member. It's argued that he's in the Hall of Fame first ballot Palazzo crew member. Thank you, Brian K. Rochman, for all you've done for this show. He says, what's up with bets? Mookie slipping to late first round? Out of the first round? I mean, his he's had a tough go of it. This is, I love him, but I'm pretty shocked. I think everyone's shocked at how slow it's gone for him and how long it's dragged out. Yeah, really interesting. Uh, the guy's betting 246. This guy is someone who should be able to so bet dumb. 290 to 300, 10 home runs. That's kind of pedestrian compared to what other guys are doing, especially in the outfield. Sure, he's going to score 100 runs. He has 31 RBIs. Like, I understand he's at the <laughs> top of the order, but look at that lineup. Like, it, I feel like he's gotten a little unlucky, though. He only has 56 strikeouts. He does have 43 walks here. But, yeah, I, it, I, we talked about him about a month ago, and I'm like, I feel like he's going to start heating up. It's not like he's been absolutely terrible. The batting average has sucked. You, you expect more home home runs from him. But from where you're drafting him, I mean, this guy went anywhere from one to five in many leagues for drafting, and he's kind of letting you down right now. Kind of. Yeah, he's totally letting you down. This is a massive blow, and you're hoping, hoping for a huge revamp, a second half to remember that's just going to be like, wow, now there's the movie bets we've been waiting for. And if you don't get that, then it's a loss because where you drafted him was definitely in the first round without a doubt. And he was being taken even higher because people thought that he could be the super stud with a full season in that LA lineup. And his BABIP's a little low. That could come up, but that's that's about it. In terms of luck, I'd have to look more at the details of the BABIP too because it's not just the BABIP. we got to look into the details of the BABIP. And I'm optimistic about two things. The OBP's at 360, so that's much better than his average shows. And the walk rate is still at 13%, so he's been patient. And there's room for some growth there. I I, I don't know. It's really bizarre. He still has a WRC plus, a 126, which is a decent number. I mean, that's above average number. He struck out more than he ever has, but it's still at 16%. I mean, yeah. 6.5 barrels. Barrels is down. A hard hit is down a little bit from the last two years, obviously not as insane as it was in 2018. Um, I mean, obviously you're not like completely like selling off on him unless you can get a good haul for him. I think he's going to have a good second half. It's a really solid team. That's going to try to somehow track down the giants amazingly to win the West. So I think he's, I think he's probably due for a better second half than he had first half. Like, I'd be shocked if he ends up with just 20 home runs. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. That's right. What do we do without our pal Deary here back on the show? Giving us quality advice. Plotso Podcast, two L's, two Z's on Twitter, of course, and our YouTube channel. Please you follow it. Give me two. Gary always tell you. Give me two. Uh, we'll wrap up the show here shortly. Uh, we're, just, we're talking about first half catches of the first half. And we're even looking at some first-round possibilities. Who's going first overall next year? I know it's early. We both know it's early. We know it's absurd, but it's fun. It's fun to talk about this stuff, kind of see where we're at. And remember this, dear. We should kind of lock this in. How much things change. Things I mean, change, Mox. The 2020, yeah, that's right. You're starting quarterback now. <laughs> the 2020 Bozo season was such a joke, man. And it sucks that we got caught up in it as analysts. It's like our first full year to analyze the game. 
because it's not real and it it threw us off. It was Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani was left for dead last year. He was hitting 179. He was Mm -hmm. on every waiver wire. Mm -hmm. Nobody cared about him. Now he's King Kong. That's just one example. Vladimir Guerrero loses weight, gets into shape. People say, oh, he's getting into shape. It's the same old spring training bullshit we always hear. No, this is a real change. You lose 32 pounds, it does make a difference in your life. It's not just like, hey, he's been working out a bit. Um, I just think we need to remember. We need to take a moment, take a breath, and recall that things do change. And even what we see right now, like Mookie Betts sucking. I bet at the end of the year, he has a pretty damn nice stat line. It won't be elite, but it'll still be pretty damn good. And some of these other guys are going to cool off eventually, right? Yeah, it was the biggest frustration going into this season is we just had so many concerns about what happened last year. And we didn't know how to evaluate it. Every single analyst had the same issue. How do I evaluate last year? So, you know, guys like Ryan Bloomfield was like, I'm looking at three-year averages, which was difficult when you guys who are just on the come up, which was really, really hard. I mean, there were so many guys that like, you know, look at a guy like Whit Merrifield. We were talking about Whit Merrifield in the offseason. We are like, wow. Whit Merrifield is not a guy who's going to steal a ton of bases. He's getting older. You know, he had 12 last year in 60 games. And we're like, oh, you know, he's getting a little older. I don't think we're going to be able to see that this year. The guy's 32 years old. He's 23 stolen bases. He leads the majors in stolen bases. He's been a top 15 fantasy player in all formats. Because we didn't know how to evaluate last year. Shohei Otani is the perfect example. He was never brought up in any of our Shine Ride the Pines. We did almost 600 players that we talked about in Shine Ride the Pines. Shohei Otani? We we never talked about Otani. Not once. Well, that's not true. I definitely talked about him. (laughs) What were your predictions? I'd have to bring him up. (laughs) Well, I didn't didn't expect what he's done here. That's fair. But we didn't do a Shine Ride the Pine, which was weird. Should have done that. He was I, okay. So he was brought in late to the game when we started talking about some of the drafts that were already constructed, uh, mm-hmm. specifically within TGFBI. When you're like, oh man, I went and grabbed Otani. I can't remember what round it was, but you're like, I think this is really good value that I got him at. And it's funny because I, went I was out like, of my way to do that. Yeah. And I was like, I feel like this is the first time we're bringing up Otani when we had brought it up, you know, you know, preseason there because we, we had a ton of analysts on and nobody was talking about Otani. I think maybe we saw, okay, Otani's going to come in. He's going to strike out a ton. He's got massive power. Maybe we see like a 240, 250 average with a guy that could hit 30 home runs if he plays every day. But there's there was injury issues, you know, going back to two years ago. And then last year was a total disaster. But who knows? Like last year, if we would have played a full season, maybe he gets completely healthy and he crushes it for the second half like he did in the first half this year. Baseball, so, baseball is so weird like this where you can have a whole month where you are just garbage. And mm-hmm. last year, it was basically two and a half months that we had a season, so it was so hard to evaluate guys. Yeah. You're right about that, but... I'll bring up the clips for Friday. I really am. I'm going to bring a few clips out so we can kind of have a few laughs at ourselves about this. But Shoya Otani was a guy that I was pumping. When spring training, he started crushing the ball. And people were like, oh, wow, this is promising. But even before that, I was tar- I liked him to bounce back. I loved his skill set still. But I didn't, I didn't vocalize it enough, and I didn't get passionate enough about it. Because first off, I didn't keep him in my eight keepers in my home league. But he, he was, I mean... He wasn't, he capable, wasn't capable at, all. at that point. Yeah. 
Yeah, based with on the numbers, you, he wasn't keepable. Yeah, I'm talking about the what hitter. else you probably had. He what he probably wasn't in there. He wasn't in that top eight or nine. Right, and I thought I would take him like in the first couple rounds. I was like, oh, okay, I'll pick him up here shortly because everyone's off him. Fucking Guile snagged him too soon, which Guile's ruined that league because he's come in now and he's been too good, and and now he has Otani, and I can he never. That, he does that in every league. <laughs> he does. Well, he's an amazing player. Yeah, there's no doubt he's about it. He's incredible. Player. My friend Steve, uh, who. By the way, shout out to Peter Pratt, who knows all about my friend Steve from the uh, Roto Brits podcast. That's the Steve I'm talking about, Peter. And he took Otani, and I, I can't get him back now. I've, I've offered all these dumb trades, like, I, but I can't. I can't even so offer the ultimate. Would you? Tra- would I trade Mike Trout for Otani now? The hitter only, Mike Trout for the hitter in an OBP league. That's what it's come to. I, if I was going to get it from him, I'd have to trade him. Mike Trout is on my IL and. I can't do that because it seems like a loss. You know, you, you think about your teams when you have keepers in dynasty leagues. If you missed out on a player that you originally had and hoped to get back later in a redraft scenario that you didn't keep, you feel yeah. first off that you've lost something. And then if you have to give up a bunch more players to get that person, it's even <laughs> bigger of a loss. And what I've, I mean, I've talked about the Corbin Burns, Kenta Maeda thing 800 times. But what really kills me the most is that I don't have Otani the hitter anymore. That. Yeah. All of those decisions have led me to dead last in that league, and I deserve to crater and burn. After back-to-back titles, I have imploded my... Oh, is that, is that bad this year? You're in the bottom? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's oh, no. it's just... It's all gone foul. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I told you, I kept Matt Chapman. That's trash. Yeah. Stupid. Luke Voigt, who went five oh, for six God. yesterday, by the way, but he was injured a billion times, and Kenta Maeda, of course, has sucked. Garrett Cole, I'm stuck with him now. I mean, Garrett Cole's like an albatross now. It's so weird. I... Well, I can't well, trade him now I mean, because the value's too low. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was the last couple starts. He's got to be able to figure it out. The guy's still I don't know, a man. pitcher. This seems like I think this was a super key to unlocking be, his next level. I it'll really be do. Interesting. It'll be interesting if he goes back to kind of like a mid-level guy. It'll be the one of the most interesting stories we've ever seen. I think what happens to us, especially going into this season, is we look at the rankings that these big websites that we play on Put out we try to make our own rankings and a lot of those rankings that we put out is based on you know other analysts that we look at and they make mm-hmm. projections and we try to make our own projections and it's so hard like you try to pump guys up like a Shohei Otani yes you're a huge believer in a Shohei Otani let's say he's you know pre-draft ranking in a lot of other leagues maybe 180 190 and maybe you pump them up the highest you're going to pump them up is to maybe like 100, 110. You're not pumping them up into the top 10. But these things, these things happen. And somehow we missed out on this. This guy's a superstar talent. And we should have known this going into the season that he had the opportunity to be a top five player, maybe top 25 player if we're looking on the low end. Yeah, you got to let this stuff go, Mike. That's what I'm, I'm telling myself in the third person. I know. That's good. Well, Jeff McNeil. I kept Jeff McNeil. Why yeah, did so I keep did Jeff I. McNeil? That's he got guy injured, and also he hasn't done much since he's come back. Ah, where's Gilbert when I need him? Good Lord, uh, I'll tell you what. Ah! There it is. Ah, I feel better. Ah. It soothes me. It really does soothe me. Brian K. Rodgman just wanted to mention one pitcher, if I can. Of course you can, Brian. You can say whatever you want on the show, just like all of you in the live stream. You can say whatever you want at any time, and we will talk about it. Lance Lynn is so underappreciated in Roto. Takes the ball, 
eighth innings, has stellar numbers in the American League. Old Faithful. Yep, you're right. He's just I as never... dependable as you can get out there. I mean, he was a dependable guy when he was in St. Louis, not a superstar, but he was a guy who could be your number three or number four. And, you know, guys in his getting close to his mid thirties now, and he's at the peak of his career. He's eight and three right now on a, you know, hot white Sox lineup that is in first place in their division. 2.02 ERA, 1.03 whip. I will take that all day. I mean, this guy's been a top five pitcher. Who's been a bigger surprise? Uh, Cedric Mullins or Brandon Crawford? Oh wow! Uh, wow, that's that's actually tougher. Now. I I want to say Mullins right away, but I thought it was over for Crawford. Like Crawford yeah. was a serviceable <laughs> shortstop for many many years with the Giants through those three championships, and and I had him. He was a guy I could draft late, and I really really liked. But I don't think anyone really saw this from Cedric Mullins. The guy's a top twenty fantasy player right now the big difference is Mullins will give you some steals and plays in a fantastic hitters ballpark and Crawford's been amazing for those first place Giants so I I I think I will say Crawford just because I I thought it was kind of over for him 34 years old he's not expecting shit from him and he's been on a tear he's been an absolute must have on your team and it's just really weird but that's how life goes in the end though we all agree that Cedric Mullins is the guy that we all want to have but they've both been you know Justin Mason called it and you know I took Mullins in uh two draft and holds that uh have been obviously massive returns there he's been I've drafted Yelich in that same draft and hold that I had Mullins and Mullins has been blowing Yelich out of the water which is crazy right Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so here, here's the thing with both those players is I play in several leagues where both those players were dropped early on. I think Crawford was dropped twice. Mullins, I think he, he had, it was one of those things with Mullins where he got off to the, out of the gate so hot. And then he had like a two week stretch where he was rough and then he just got it back together. But people were like, he's not someone who is going to continue to do this because we've never seen it before from him before and people panic quick i did it with jose ramirez in his rookie year i dropped him mid-season when he fell apart Um, no clue that was gonna happen oh man that is a damn shame and i'll tell you this jose ramirez had that awful rough start back a couple years ago we all thought he was cashed and now he's a stud so that's how things go sometimes things change mookie betts will have a great second half i'm very confident in that there's nothing to indicate you look through the numbers or the peripherals that there's something afoot or a foul even. And I know, I know the guy still got the talent. He certainly has the drive, I would assume. But hey, maybe uh, Mookie Betts has lost his way and we all have rough patches in our lives. By the way, there is Brian Rodman's Twitter handle. Brock was just asking for it. So there I put it up there at BK Rodman 33. Shout out to Brian. We love you, Brian. Brian K. Rodman and your son. You guys are both amazing. I'm Michael Govier. This is the Heads Rico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Presented by Rotofanatic.com. Two L's, two Z's. Palazzo Podcast and ProtonMail.com. Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Utah. Two L's. Give me two. Two Z's. You know the drill. Come on. I want to give a shout out real quick to our uh, graphics guy. He does the thumbnails for all of our videos, basically. So if you see a thumbnail that is over, you hover over one of our videos and then it turns into something else. So that thumbnail is created by 
Point God. I, I don't even know what I call him. Point of God. I, I don't even know if I know his real name, dearie, to be honest with you. But he's a great dude. And he's, <laughs> he's a mystery. He, point of God. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, here it is. At point underscore God underscore 11. That's him. So please follow him. If you're looking for graphic work, he does great stuff. And he's really easy to work with. He's also Greece. He lives in Greece. So we have international connections, which is a lot of fun. So... I don't know if he's a Giannis fan. I bet he probably is, though. I think we talked about it once or twice. So make sure you follow him, give him the love, and connect with him if you need graphic work. At point underscore God underscore 11. All right, we're going to wrap up the show here. Uh, Deary got his piss out. He feels much better. A sweet relief. Uh, we're talking about a lot of things here. Stuff to look back on. We kind of reviewed the first half. There's so many players that you really can't cover at all, but Cedric Mullins is one of the absolute... Incredible mind blows. You mentioned Whit Merrifield earlier too, Deary. And that what for me was a lesson in changing your ways because I was anti-Whit Merrifield coming into 2021. I totally was. But then he ended up being there a few times at the spot because I was drafting usually at 15 spot in 15 team leagues. And he would always be there around the 45th pick on that third round pick, yeah. you know? So I started taking him a couple times and I'm really glad I did. 23 steals. 50 runs scored. Uh, he hasn't been a world beater, but those steals are absolutely just money in the bank, and the batting average is solid too. So you got to change your ways, and you got to be ready to flip and adapt because you don't know everything, and odds are you'll learn something just by drafting somebody that you're against. You might find that, wow, I was wrong, and I'm glad I was. Well, right? it's a great it's a great way to build a roster too. You look at a guy who should be dependable, like like Whit Merrifield. Somehow we got this in our brain that it's like, okay, the peak is over and he's going to start going downhill, and we'll probably do the same thing thing with him next year. He's going to steal forty bags oh. this year. Going into next year, we're all going to be like, I don't know if he's going to be able to steal forty bags again. But you got to have guys that can steal bags. Bat for good batting average and score you a hundred runs. The Michael Brantleys of the world that's going to bat three twenty and score a hundred runs for you. Those guys are so valuable and they're dependable. I understand they're in their early thirties, but this could last for a little bit longer for Whit Merrifield. So if you went out and got Merrifield in, you know, third fourth round, congratulations! You got a really really good solid five cat guy there. A couple other guys we haven't mentioned. Brian Reynolds of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Totally yep. anonymous, but he's been outstanding. He's hitting 300. He's got a over 900 OPS. Also giving you 15 home runs already. He's looking at a possible 30 home run season hitting 300. This is a top. Right now, if these numbers stay true, we're looking like a top 40 guy here. It's a top. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a top 40 guy right now. We talked so much. Another thing we didn't know about is with the ball changing, was there going to be a huge power outage? There is for some guys. Brian, Brian Reynolds was a guy that like, okay, if he's healthy, this guy can bat 300. I don't know yeah. if I saw 30 home runs out of him, 47 runs, 48 RBIs. This guy's going to go 30, 90, 90 and bat 300. That's incredible thinking about where he was at the start of the season. In Yahoo League's preseason, he was like 260, 270, and he's a top 40 player right now. So congratulations if you scooped up Brian Reynolds. He could be a guy who was drafted and dropped early because he had some injury issues very, very early on where he sat out a couple couple games, and people dropped him. And I saw him available in a couple, couple leagues. I did scoop him up in one, and I've reaped the benefits from uh -huh. Brian Reynolds this year with the Pirates. 
Well done, dude. Look at you cashing in like that. That's how the players play right there. <laughs> that was so dumb. But Ryan Reynolds hit 15 home runs, dearie, in all. Oh, 16 in 2019. 16 total home runs in 2019. And that was in 546 plate appearances. He has 15 now in 342 plate appearances. Unbelievable. So power's up. Uh everything's up the batting average though was always like this hitting 314 in 2019 we know that was true we know that he can make contact and when he hit 189 last year in 200 plate appearances <laughs> wow did that throw people off his sense well, good look, god well, yeah, so look, not who he was or no is. it wasn't look, look at this even back when he was in the minor leagues with the giants this guy was a super high bad guy he was a career in the majors Babip guy of what am I looking at here? Oh, I'm sorry. No, what are you looking at? I have it. I have it. Here we go. His career Babip guy of 350. His Babip last year was 231. So there's no uh-huh. way, like that makes sense why he batted 189. When he makes contact, he hits line drives and he gets singles, doubles, and now home runs, unbelievably. So last year, I mean, he's not doing anything terribly different this year. Like his walk rate is up a little bit. He as is striking out a lot less than last year, but it's similar to what he did in 2019 and 2018 with the Pirates. But the power is incredible. And think about it this way. This guy's only 26 years old, so he's just yeah. getting to his prime. He's just started to feel out major league pitching. This guy's a real, real good piece for the Pirates that are probably going nowhere here in – in, in the near future, but this is a guy who is on the Pirates and giving you fantasy value, which I talked a ton about the start of the season, that I was avoiding all Pirates. I was wrong because Brian Reynolds is a fantasy asset for you this year. Yeah, don't forget Adam Frazier. He's an all-star. Unbelievable. Pirates have yeah. players, man. Uh, Brian Hayes, I still think, is a, a fantasy asset. He missed a majority of the first half of the season. I think he's going to be a guy who has a pretty solid second half of the season. I don't know if Adam Frazier, if something like that is going to continue with him, but I do believe in the Brian Reynolds of the world. Yeah, Reynolds and Frazier are. So Pittsburgh has two All-Stars. Uh, they're not that bad, turns out. They actually they battle, too, and they score runs. They take mm-hmm. it to teams. You trade Reynolds, you're nuts. This guy's a building no. block. So Ben Sherrington. Yeah, yeah. make sure you get the message on that one. We also have to say Adolis Garcia, because he's not going to be a second-half catch, so we have to give him credit now for his first half because it's not going to be somebody that we're talking about for the second half, right? Adolis Garcia, what a year. Great job, buddy. Good for you. Great first half anyways. No no uh, likelihood of an incredible second half in my opinion, but uh, he's still kind of hanging in there with an occasional steal. And he hasn't totally gone sideways with his batting average either, dude. It's kind of okay. He's going to strike out a ton, but we all know it's going to be hot as fuck down there in <laughs> the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And he's going to hit probably 35 home runs. And the batting average sure is great. Going to strike out a ton, but he's going to end up with 100 RBIs. Like, the guy has the skills to put the ball out of the park. So, sure, he may not have the first half that he had this year, but I think he's still going to be serviceable for you in the second half. It's not going to completely fall off, but I would still try to push towards trading him if you can get a really nice haul coming back. Oh, it reminds me, Crosby Spencer was on with Paul Mamino recently. We did a Roto-Fanatic Festival of Fun on our episode last week i think it was early last week on tuesday and 
Crosby talked about humidity and ballpark factors for these new humidors in places mm-hmm. like Globe Life Field and how that's playing out, but also how the humidity and the humidors play together. And it's not what you think. So I really recommend going back, checking out that episode, because Crosby literally did the data. He broke it down and researched it. Really good stuff. So make sure you check that out. All right, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, we could go through lists and name every player in baseball who was a lot of fun this year. Yeah, but, we'd go uh, for five more hours if we really needed to. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of exciting, exciting headlines and second-half storylines that will be developing. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait to see how some of this plays out. Kyle Schwarber was on a tear, then he got hurt, and now the party's yeah. over. So you just never know when things will change, dearie. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we have a lot of better more productive pitching but i'm really suspect in the second half i'm expecting a shitload of offense with the ball the getting rid of the gunk there's a lot of factors here where the the ball i mean offense just seems to be taking off now we had the historically bad average and all that <laughs> stuff early on now it's out of control yeah it's gonna be nuts it's gonna be crazy and i think it's very very poetic it's fitting that the All-Star game is at Coors. Perfect. It's perfect to go in the second half with Coors taking us into a launch pad of chaos in 2021 second half of baseball. All right, there it is. Nice to do a show again, Deary. Uh, you going to be back Friday? I will be here Friday. I'm going. Uh, I got half days on Wednesdays and Fridays now, so I'm going golfing at 1 o'clock. Holy shit. Friday, but uh, yeah, I'll be ready to roll around 9 o'clock. Dude, I hit golf balls last Saturday. I saw like that. We, you saw some of our uh, some of our buddies. You saw Corey and Eric. I played golf in the backyard. It's called That's, they call it bush golf because you just hit everybody it gets a, a, bush. a wedge. Well, yeah. yeah, like you pick a tree. Uh, he's got like a bunch of acreage at his house. Yeah, yeah, so you could just hit anywhere, and we all get a wedge. That's it. So we're all just playing with a wedge, and he's got a okay. billion shit balls. And I've it was fun to play. It was fun to hit the balls again. You know, so I. I don't know. Maybe I'll play golf again someday. I don't know. <laughs> we used to play golf quite a bit together. You loved it. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I was I was big time into golf. I golfed all the time. So and then I yeah. I quit the game. I quit. Okay, I'm done. No. I yeah. I've still been golfing sometimes two times a week, but I at least try to get out once a week. So yeah, I was well, supposed to elite. actually play the I was supposed to actually play the Michigan course today, but uh the people that invited me out had to cancel because they had some other stuff going on. Not the way we want to end the show, but that's okay. Don't forget, it's Plaza Podcast, two L's, two Z's on Twitter, and sub our YouTube channel. We're trying to grow this motherfucker. Utah, come on. Give me two. Two, 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 two. You can follow Christopher Deary at CDeary1999 always, anytime. Make sure you follow Chris. He's going to be on Brian's What This Song Means to Me next week, so that's fun. We'll see when that episode comes out. We'll definitely pump that. I'm at MJ Govier, G-O-V is in Victor I-E-R on Twitter. Uh, we'll have Ryan at B-E-N underscore baseball on Friday. Ryan Venaccio and his sweet-ass band with Sales Ahead. Have you ever jammed them? Have you been jamming out with Sales Ahead or what? Yeah, you told me about them a couple weeks ago. I haven't uh, plugged in to – let me – you know what? I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to follow them on Spotify right now so I can plug in and listen to them. This is with sales ahead. Ryan himself on the drums right now, cranking this stuff out. That's how we'll close the show. We'll which talk one, more about his. Which one is he in this picture on Spotify? There's five members here. There's a girl in the middle and a bunch of guys with beards next to her. 
Oh yeah, I, I feel like he's here. the second to the left, the second front, you know, on the left there. They all look like baseball fans. I feel like that's him, the guy <laughs> in between the girl and the tall guy crossing his arms in disapproval on the left. I think that's him. But you I think that's him? Yeah, I do. It could or be anyone. The they, all the right. same. they all look the same. It could be anyone. Well, ask about Friday. We're like, dude, which one of them? <laughs> Who are you? Are you that one? <laughs> which one of these are you? I don't know. You don't know people on Twitter. You just you know, know their funny. tight words. Hearing this song right now, my wife is going to love this. Oh, yeah. Christina would love this, right? Sounds yeah. like a... It's got... It's got a metal vibe, but it's also like a... Maybe Paramore, if you yeah, want. Yeah, that's, that's what stretch. I. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, it's uh, it's good at least style, like so. with the at least like with the vocals are a little Paramore. Yeah, I think this is one of their. Old, I'll have to check the album on this. Might be one of the older albums too, but I don't know. But okay. they got a bunch of it. They got a lot of work already done. It's really cool. Oh yeah, Brock, keeping us up to date on the lingo. Post hardcore. Post hardcore. Uh, no, Brock, we know we love you. Brock talked music with us a lot. We're going to continue to talk music uh, in the Twitter chat world. So if you want any musical opinions or advice, Brock, dearie, Brock was on the show last week. He talked about his Warp Tour experience. He was on tour with these bands. They're called uh, Barnacle Bands because they're not technically on the list, but they travel with the Warp Tour. Oh, really? And they just, like, yeah. sub in? or Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they, they get the call. like, hey, you guys are playing today. Like, oh, shit, cool. One of my favorite uh, concert experiences ever was, I believe it was Warp Tour 98 or 97. I can't remember. Hmm. We had a back-to-back-to-back yeah. of Rancid, Bad Religion, and No Effects. Bad Religion closed. And I still remember Kid Rock was on the side stage, and it was right before Kid Rock got big. And everybody was screaming, fuck Kid Rock, bring on Rancid. And it was still one of my favorite moments in my musical life. <laughs> <laughs> yes I also the Warp Tour in 2004 in Indianapolis, Indiana I went with uh, Luke and his brother Sean that was interesting nice. we just, yeah I don't know what we were doing that's why I lived in Cincinnati so Indy was closest and we saw the same thing we saw Bear vs. Shark No Effects and Bad Religion all in a row nice that's nice cool. uh, Luke if you're out there and you're listening uh, continue to not set your lineup this week it's really helping me out in our head to head league I am in the playoff race you are not so go ahead and just continue to not put Walker Bueller in thank you buddy <laughs> come on Luke alright that's it you've heard enough from us he's Christopher Deary I'm Michael Govier follow us connect with us whatever you want tell us what you want we'll be back Friday night with Ryan at and underscore baseball. Ryan Venaccio, his band, his music, his baseball knowledge. It's all going to be here Friday night, 9 p.m. Take it easy. Right, lads. Now, I know there's not a faint heart among you. And I know you're as anxious as I am to get into close action. But we must bring him right up beside us before we spring this trap. That will test our nerve. And discipline will count just as much as courage. The Acheron is a tough nut to crack. More than twice our guns, more than twice our numbers. And they will sell their lives dearly. They mean to take us as a prize. (laughs) And we are worth more to them undamaged. Their greed will be their downfall. England is under threat of invasion. And though we be on the far side of the world, this ship is our home. This ship 
is England. So it's every hand to his rope or gun, quicks the word and sharps the action. After all, surprise is on our side. <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.